as though there are some things I've been able to come to terms with and accept lately that I didn't know how long they would take and I'm still going through that process but um, a friend used the term grieving normalcy and I liked that uh, it made sense to me and how I'm processing things before getting into more specifics I would say that like for a long time in theory I have said like obviously everybody's different people's brains work differently um, that's just life like those are just facts like it's not hard to to understand that but in practice for me it's very situational and having to let go of expectations is really difficult for me and it's been a process of how to have accurate expectations again for me black and white thinking a lot of things are zero or a hundred trying to find the balance in between is hard and same thing for expectations because I can't just let go or I don't know how to just have no expectations of anything ever it's kind of just like to me I compare it to food it's like well I can just eat what I want all the time on this end of the spectrum or I can not eat at all <laughs> this one isn't possible so this is easier than this one which is finding a balance of affordability things that are healthy and things that you enjoy that space is much harder um, and also frequency and how much you're eating and when and whatever. Um, so with things like expectations, it's like I have certain expectations when I go out. Like I expect simultaneously, I expect that people will follow the rules of the road in such a manner that I won't die today. But I also expect that people will not follow the rules of the road, which is why you use defensive driving, which is why you have to always be aware of what everyone else is doing so that you can adjust based on when people aren't doing what they are supposed to do. Um, or just like, I have an expectation. That's like trust for me. And maybe, maybe there's more there I need to dig into, but like, I have expectations that, you know, my partner is going to be faithful. I trust that my partner will be faithful. Like, if I don't have that expectation, how can I build any trust? So, <clears throat> again, it's very situational for me trying to let go of expectations it's really difficult um and yeah it's something that i've been working on for a bit so um one of the things that uh that i, I guess is, is been something i've been focused on for i don't know the past six seven years and still is very difficult is expectations when it comes to cognitive ability and it's not about how do I phrase this it's like it's not even about phrasing it I don't know how to express it at all so if I know that someone is incapable of certain things because of a diagnosis and let's say it's a specific diagnosis that is like this person is nonverbal, they cannot speak words, it will not happen, then I, I'm not saying, well, I think they should be able to speak, 
with words and be verbal and no. I'm just like, okay, they can't do that thing. That's fine. Uh, if there's physical limitations or if there's mental limitations and those are specific and they are outlined and they are um, like concrete, then that's what they are. And I accept that. It's hard when you have expectations based off of a spectrum. So for a long time, I just assumed, which shows the ignorance on my part for the majority of my life, I just assumed like, okay, well, I know that everyone's different, but and like we all have different talents and skills and abilities and strengths and weaknesses, but I assume if I go out to Walmart, I don't know why my example is always Walmart, but if I go out and I see other people shopping and I see, you know, people in public or whatever, that unless I can visibly see that there is some type of disability, I just assume that we're on the same level of being able to function. And because I thought that, that, that when people were doing things that I felt were like inappropriate or against the rules or against the norm or social constructs or expectations, I would assume they are doing that willingly and on purpose, knowing what they are doing and not the fact that they couldn't, they couldn't avoid it. Because again, I'm assuming like, oh, like we all have the same ability mentally. Um, and again, this sort of shift like seven years ago or so, but like, unless I know, unless I can see that ability, then I'm assuming that we have the same capabilities mentally, which we do not. So I tried to like engineer myself with logic into having some more empathy, which would in turn cause less stress on me because I would be able to recognize that we are not the same and therefore not have the same expectations, but that's still really difficult because I'm like, again, there are people who drive, there are people who parent, there are people who teach, there are people who do things that I believe only certain people should do um, because if they are not capable of those things, it puts the lives of others um, in danger, like in emotional, physical, mental danger. So um, all that to kind of say that like, I think that, I don't even know what I'm gonna title this anymore because I don't think grieving normalcy is necessarily the phrase because I don't think it's grieving. I think it's that it's just changing my expectations, changing my understanding. I mean, ever since high school, I knew that I didn't fit like period, <laughs> like that I was the other, that I was on the outside for many reasons. And so I've been okay with not being a part of popular groups and stuff like that. And just like being the same as everyone else. I don't value that either, coincidentally or not. Um, I believe that people are unique and different from one another and that 
you know, I value originality as much as that can be a thing. I value people who are attempting to be their authentic selves. Um, that is a value to me rather than people who just go with the grain and do everything that others are doing um, for whatever reason. So I, again, I've known for a long time, like, yeah, people are different. I value the differences, obviously, when they're positive, because negative differences are much harder to value. But that is part of, of this whole thing for me, is that I feel like, in a very specific example, I, like, I have been able to come to terms and accept accept things more. So, um, I think I will, uh, this is a difficult thing because I feel just like being transparent puts me in a position wherein Uh, there are people from my past and it concerns me sometimes when I speak about certain things because I know that some of those people are still very actively not letting go of some things and that I feel like I'm putting myself in a position for I don't know what for it just doesn't feel as safe but I will say that I've been open about this in the past I haven't you know, remove that information from previous videos or whatever, but uh, I have had children in my life and I have been in a parental role before the one that I am in now. Um, I do not have any biological children of my own and never have to my knowledge. Um, so, which that makes it sound like, oh yeah, the maybe, I don't know. No, like it's just not a thing. Um, so, in being a parent or being in a parental role that has been as a step-parent. And I think that in previous circumstances, I was recognizing that it was very hard for me to deal with my expectations of where someone should be. Um, where a child's development should be. Simultaneously, as a teacher, I acknowledge and understand that people grow at different rates and part of you know, um, my education within education is childhood development and, and things like that. So I understand again, in theory, but in practice, it was very hard for me to just like not have certain expectations. And part of that <coughs> is because I feel like just because someone is where they're at currently doesn't mean they can't be somewhere else. And there's always this choice point, I believe, when you're in a certain role, whether it be a teacher or a parent or whatever, if you are in someone's life in a, in a, in a teaching role, and I think a parent is a teaching role. Um, if you are in that position where you're in a teaching role, whether it be a grandparent or a, a even sibling, like an older or whatever, a, a more mature sibling, 
um, to a younger sibling or a school teacher or whatever, that you can enable certain behaviors or you can challenge people to put it, obviously there's a spectrum of things in between, um, and, and there's different methods of, how, of, of doing both those things, of challenging or enabling. But I choose to challenge people to do better, to think critically, etc., because I value that. And I think that the problem is that while I'm doing that, it has been difficult for me to gauge that zone of proximal development when it comes to people in my life or children in my life versus students in a teaching setting. I think it's much easier for me there, but even that, I, I would say, reflecting back, has been difficult for me to kind of gauge, and I should have spent more time doing that while teaching, to gauge how how capable is this person and how much can I challenge them to, to do better and to do this thing or to not. But I, I feel like I was much better doing that within a, a teaching role versus a parental role. Um, it's a completely different relationship. There's more emotions involved. I, despite the fact that I care for the students that, that, you know, were in my, in my vicinity, in my classes and my care there, um, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't go home with them. They don't go home with me. I don't have to be concerned about a lot of things, including, you know, as much as I want them to do well in life later on or whatever, it's not the same amount of concern or investment emotionally that I would have as a parent. So I think that, that that's a massive reason as to why it's been more difficult for me to figure out that zone of proximal development because I want to challenge um, anyone in my life that I care about. I want them to do better because I want myself to do better. I want them to challenge me as well. I want that type of relationship. So in saying that, um, it's just not something that I've really spoken on much in the past couple of years for reasons I've already mentioned and then others that I probably just haven't articulated at all. But um, being in that step-parent role for the past two years um, with two children, there are there, there have been some difficulties with me having expectations. There have been challenges for, for me, and not just me, but like of coming to terms with and accepting certain things um, related to cognitive ability. Because although it was not formally diagnosed until this past year, um, one of these children has autism. They're on the autism spectrum, however you want to word that. And despite that being something that I felt like I knew in my heart and verbalized earlier on, it wasn't officially diagnosed, so a lot of things couldn't happen. There has been a lot of assistance in seeking um, professional uh, help and, and knowledge and, and for us to gain understanding about what we can be doing, should be doing, how, you know, again, that zone of proximal development, that's really, if you don't know what the zone of proximal development is, it's just a way of saying that, <laughs> it, it's like a, I don't know how to, how do I explain that? Um, 
my understanding and how I would explain it is that, and I've had a video on this before of like, there's a certain point where people are capable of learning certain things. And if you introduce that material over here, they're not capable of grasping it. Um, and if you're introducing it when it's over here, it's not the fact that it's too late, but it's that by introducing some things later on, you've enabled other behaviors because you haven't introduced the material early enough and it might be more challenging for them to not just grasp, but to understand and apply that knowledge because they have been in the habit of doing this other stuff for too long. So there's this here, this zone here, wherein learning can occur, wherein um, that is where learning can occur best and where someone is ready for that material and that challenge and they are capable and you can do great teaching in those circumstances. Um, and it has been very difficult with both children, but specifically with, with the one on the autism spectrum. I feel weird about saying names right now, uh, but, or just giving specific details again, because of just people in my past who refuse to stay in my past, but regardless, I can't really go there. So, um, it's been really difficult because autism in itself, even just the name as it would suggest of being on the autism spectrum, does not mean something concrete and specific as a, a like a very specific designation of like, this is what this person can do, this is what this person can't do, right? Um, with other certain diagnoses for maybe, um, for, for different types of, of cognitive ability, I would say, there are certain labels that can be applied to someone that are much more concrete in capability. They are not going to be capable of this, that, and the other. Autism is so broad, but there are things that obviously create, there are symptoms, I don't know what you want to call it, that that have created a label in which people fit under, right? Just like ADHD does not mean one very specific thing. It does not mean that people cannot be successful. It does not mean that people cannot focus. It does not mean like there are challenges, there are difficulties, there are different things in brain chemistry, right? So it has been really challenging uh, for my relationship with children, period, because of the expectations that I have had. Because despite the fact that I don't like the word normal or regular or whatever, um, average, because I don't, I don't like it, I don't believe in it, or I, I felt like I didn't believe in it, again, in theory, I also, I think, have perpetuated those beliefs because I had expectations of a certain thing, of the average, unless there was something specific that said otherwise. Now, the hurdle that I've been facing with, with, I guess, Okay, let me go back one step. My relationship is negatively impacted by myself and my expectations of not just my relationship, our relationship um, is negatively impacted and, and, and not just with children or whatever, or students or who, it's anyone in my life. If I have expectations that are unrealistic um, for that specific individual because of their capabilities that I'm thinking they can do more than they can. And when they don't, I assume that it's not because they can't. I assume it's because they won't. 
and that makes it very difficult to deal with because then it feels very personal it feels like someone is doing stuff on purpose that negatively impacts me when really it's that they may not have the capability so i recognize everyone's fallible including myself but yet i still have certain expectations on people in certain scenarios so that negatively impacts a relationship when maybe someone feels they are constantly disappointing you or you are constantly getting upset or frustrated or stressed because of the expectations you have that are not being met. So that would suggest you need to recalibrate your expectations. Um, and I've known that for quite a long time, but it has been very difficult for me to do. And acceptance is difficult in this instance because I don't have anything concrete that says, this child will never do X, Y, Z. That's not there. We, we recognize there are things that are more challenging for this child. But that does not... And I realize, like, without saying names and stuff, this sounds very detached and distant and cold, but that's more of a calculated gesture than it is that I am that far removed from the child. The child. See, just doing that, not saying names or whatever else. This is a very emotional topic for me, but I'm trying to express it like I've had those emotions already come out um, in this past week and that's what has led to this realization and we wanted to talk about it further um, so um, removing expectations can be done through acceptance and me accepting or, or some people would say meeting someone where they're at but it's hard because I don't know where they're at um, just because there's behavior being exhibited doesn't mean that they can't do better, including myself. If someone does not challenge me, I may not do better. I may not, on my own, realize that I can do better, or maybe I don't want to do better because what I'm doing is easier than, than changing. So <clears throat> with children as well, with... with um, maturing and with cognitive ability and with development in the brain uh, you have to gauge where is this person at how like are they where, yeah where are they at what can you expect how much can you push how much can you challenge um, how do you teach how do you guide how do you do all those things you have to gauge that um, and it's it's again it's very difficult for me to do so in this instance again it's like okay we're aware that this child has had ADHD, been diagnosed with that since a very young age. Uh, both children have, but this one child has also um, been diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum or having autism spectrum disorder or having autism. Again, however you want to word it, to me, all those three things are the same. This child is autistic. I don't know what that means. Like, I mean, I know what it means. I know that there are things that are more difficult and I'm not going to get into those specifics of what those things are right now, but I don't know what it means in the sense of what do I let go of? What do I challenge? What do I, what can I expect them to be able to do? I don't know. At this point, it's been a constant question for the past few years. Will this, and this is thinking so far ahead, will this child be able to live independently on their own? Because to me, that's a huge marker. It's a massive thing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's too early to tell because there are things that suggest otherwise. Whereas with the other child, I don't really think that's a concern. 
um, of being able to safely live independently, be able to work, pay rent, not burn the house down, etc. Um, yeah, so trying to gauge this zone of proximal development has been very difficult and because I had all these expectations, it really harmed how I was, it harmed the relationship as a whole and how I was approaching the relationship and how um, it developed because I couldn't let go of a lot of things and it was not fully accepting things because I don't have anything specific to accept. I have a word, autism. Okay, but that means a lot of things, but it doesn't mean anything necessarily very specific, like in the way of like a very specific behavior. It's like, if someone told me, okay, I mean, again, if you compare, it's part of, of culture too, and mental health and whatever else of like, if someone told me this child will not walk, they are paralyzed from the waist down, I would never expect them to walk. I would be like, okay, that makes sense. They're par- like, they can't walk. I would never have that expectation. It's a very specific thing. If someone said, this child cannot speak. Again, this child cannot read, period. They will never learn to read, whatever. I'd be like, okay, I understand that is what is under this umbrella. That's what, but that's not the way that autism works. There are things that like, hey, these things are probably more challenging, more difficult. Some kids that are autistic, or some people, adults as well, that are autistic don't have the same challenges other autistic people do. Some people excel in certain areas. Some people have what I would call special abilities um, or areas wherein they have massive strengths because of the way that their brain is different. Um, And yeah, so it's been very difficult for me to accept because I don't know what I'm accepting. And I think that it's so hard, but I mean, it's I'm accepting the child, period. That's where I had to get to. I am accepting this person for who they are and not what they do. And it's very difficult because for me, unconditional love is something that I... I was about to say I don't believe it, and then I was about to say I didn't believe it. I didn't know which one to say because maybe I'm coming to a realization that that's maybe shifting. But for the majority of my life, I would safely say, I do not believe in unconditional love. I don't. I believe that actions and behaviors dictate um, our relationships with people and how we are received or how we have the opportunity to be received. I believe that if I were being abusive to my partner, I don't think that, I, I, I mean, in the Christian sense of things, or I, I don't even want to use that term, but like, you could say, oh yeah, I love everybody, That's, but that doesn't mean that I have to associate with them. Or like, I love them, that's why I'm gonna go pick up their funeral. Like, it's, it's a loaded word, it's a loaded concept. But if, I don't know, I feel like you can fall out of love with people, like partners, romantic partners, why couldn't you do that with your family, with siblings? Again, this is very loaded for me because of a family is a very loaded topic for me. Um, I don't believe that you have an obligation to love people just because you are biologically connected. I, that sounds so obvious, but so many people just invest in that 
in that tradition of like, well, we're family, so we have to accept each other's abuse. And again, I've talked about this in previous conversations. Um, so I don't believe in that. So why wouldn't that go with every relationship? Um, the difference that I have stated before and why I have a different relationship with animals, such as dogs, is because there is an innocence there. There is no um, possibility of their behavior ever being malicious. That, like an infant, their behavior is not a choice. It is reacting to stimuli. And maybe, as I've just realized in this conversation, maybe that is where I'm putting this this, I'm putting the, this, this child in this category of like, I think that I have realized or again, not consciously until this moment, but like really accepted and come to terms with and implicitly understood that there is such an innocence there. And yes, they still make choices, but there is so much more of a reaction to stimuli than there is about making choices because that capability is not there in the same way that it is for other children period or other people at all that they are not making conscious decisions as much as I was expecting them to and with that lack of consciousness versus reacting to stimuli um, there, there comes more innocence and innocence is much easier to have unconditional love with because now I'm not going to be thinking of this person doing things deliberately in a way that would cause me frustration and stress and pain which is a whole other thing that I continue to work through of just like not taking things as personally the difference between incompetence versus malicious um, and kind of operating on that still just like there's a spectrum in between those two poles but Operating under that thing has helped me to be like, is, you know, don't, what's the phrase now? I can't remember it. Um, never attribute to malice what you can attribute to incompetence. And I think a lot of this would be an example of incompetence or innocence or ignorance, whatever, of this, the knowledge isn't there and the ability to apply the knowledge isn't there. So how can I possibly blame that person? But as a parent, who wants to educate their children and have them be successful in life, successful as in being able to maintain a state of happiness and healthiness and well-being, physical health, mental health, emotional health, all those things, I need to be able to teach them things, which means I need to be able to challenge them and, and, and not be upset, not be frustrated, not have to challenge someone without an expectation that's that's where I need to be and that's very difficult but I feel like within this past week I have been able to to really pinpoint my change in being able to do that and accept that I can work with this child and have opportunities to challenge them without the expectation that those challenges are met. 
and our relationship in the past few months has grown to a place that in the past few months I have felt more emotional bonding than I have in the past two years. It's been very difficult for me for a lot of different reasons, but this is one major reason is because of not believing in unconditional love and how your actions towards someone dictate how you can feel about them. Not every time, obviously everyone, including myself, makes mistakes in relationships, whether they be sibling, parental, romantic, partner, friendships, you know, employee, employer relationships, whatever, mistakes happen. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you disrespect that person, but there's a difference between I did a jerky thing versus being a jerk. Now, if I do a jerky thing every single day with all my interactions, I'm probably a jerk versus every once in a while I do a jerky thing I shouldn't have done. And, uh, and that's being foul. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I feel, I don't know. I, I think that, I don't know how to wrap this up. I feel relief. I feel a lot of positive emotions and feelings from getting to this place and understanding that I still have a lot of work to do, but being able to have this acceptance, it doesn't just apply to them. Learning that is allowing me to apply that in practice, not just theory, to others as well, and hopefully that branches out to just all. 